Hey, it's Bill Simmons. Today's episode of Channel 33 is brought to you by SeatGeek, the presenting sponsor for my podcast, as well as the only fan-friendly app for buying and selling tickets for sports and music. With just two taps on your phone, you can instantly buy SeatGeek tickets to an event and you can enter that event just using your phone. No paper tickets. Drop your old ticket app. Use one that's built for 2016. Download the free SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Welcome to the Mask Man Show. It's uh, it's our holiday year-end spectacular. Also, our roadblock into the line recap. I'm here with uh, my two best friends in, in the entire world. Aww. Dan St. Germain and Steve Kazee. Thank oh, you. Shit, That's really nice. I didn't bring you a gift at all. Yeah. It's okay. I don't do gifts. I just I decided that laughter. yesterday. Okay. Right? <laughs> and professional wrestling insight. Wow. Um, the gift of laughter. That should just that, that would <laughs> be just, sad. Whenever somebody says that, they're Dream usually in a real emotional low in their life. <laughs> I'm bringing you the gift of laughter. I lost my son five years ago to heroin addiction. You're like, oh, jeez. Sorry. Wow, man. Right. No one's ever offered to bring me the gift of laughter in that situation before. So, um, we were just talking about SmackDown as this show. We're gonna we have we're gonna talk about Roblox. Of course, we're gonna hit on Raw, and uh, we're gonna talk about we're gonna we're gonna. Ring in, or we're gonna we're gonna celebrate the end of the year by talking about our each of our highlights and lowlights of the year. Um, but we were talking about SmackDown as we as we came on the air, and I've always thought this is like the biggest uh, missed opportunity for for WWE. We Baron Corbin basically just just smart mouths his way into the main event, right? Right. That he's gonna yeah, get a title so. shot. Uh, smart why, in quotes. Well, okay, yeah. but like, shouldn't like why? I know it's. I know that everybody on the roster can't be work shooting all day, but like, mm-hmm. why can't you give that role to some, so like to like Jinder Mahal or like someone that literally doesn't deserve to be in the main, like by all, like according to the storyline, mm. someone that has not earned it. Right. Just have them come out and like you know hit AJ Styles with a chair because everybody knows that if you do that, you get a championship match. Yeah. I mean that's a that's a good angle I think but I really I thought that I, I was that was my fantasy booking for uh, for Drew McIntyre for about 19 years so, but it never happened <laughs> still um, may happen yeah who They'll knows come back in the cruiserweight division but if he comes back then he deserves then then like by wrestling logic he just gets a title shot so it's not even going to be that shocking right I actually got signed to the cruiserweight division did I tell you guys yeah that? really excited, yeah they're man. taking everybody these days <laughs> are you more at, at, as the year wraps up and we're thinking about the things that that disappoint us in the year are you more disappointed by the lack of drug testing for Brock Lesnar or the lack of of weight testing for uh for for Neville like what do you think is a more significant blind spot I mean, I'm, actually to be fair I'm happy for Neville because he was yeah, just I am wasted too. for so long oh it's great uh and, you know that it's a little he's a heavy-handed on the heel right now like all of a sudden he's just like oh, I'm so pissed off and I'm here he, I thought he was like a little <laughs> mini version of like bad news bear the other night <laughs> uh, yeah I, I'm, I'm excited about it the worst thing about it for me, actually, is that it reminded me of Bad News Barrett and how much I wish he was still employed by yeah. WWE. Yeah. Where uh, is he right now? Shout out to Stu. I just read an interview with him yesterday about, like, you know, life after the WWE. He seems like, like, like a uh, wrestling okay. source. Uh, yeah. I forget it was on the uh, Twitters. Um, he I feel was, like he every time to... you leave WWE, it's like that scene in Shawshank Redemption with the rain. <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, I'm finally out of this. Unless you're like Cena or something. 
Yeah, I mean it's oh it's it oh it's a it, Justin Bassar wrote it for Sports Illustrated. Yeah. That's a that's a yeah. I, I'm gonna check this out. Um, I just loved I just loved Wade Barrett. I mean, and, and every time I feel like every time the more people got excited about him, the more I was just like I just felt sick that I knew it wasn't gonna work for some reason. But he was shotgunned into a main event role almost immediately and just and and lived up to the I mean and, and he carried it yeah I mean more better than almost anybody else good yeah um and then never really got his stuff on track I mean he got hurt a lot which is you know that's not the booking department's fault or anything but it's it's a yeah well anyway maybe he'll make a comeback um how, how old is he because I mean Goldberg uh, Goldberg has established that he probably has at least 40 years left in his career <laughs> so. yeah I think he's like 36 something like that he was mm. kicking around for a while. Yeah, he'll be all right. Um, well, you might be, you might be, you might find yourself in some auditions next to him, Steve. Uh, listen, if, if he uh, was, pursues it his was a thing. pretty common uh, occurrence that somebody on Twitter would be like, "Are you, are you bad news, Barrett?" Or anytime I would go to WrestleMania and be walking through, and they would be like, "Bad news, Barrett." Really? Yeah, and I would just like wave my hand. It's weird because up close we look nothing alike. He's like six eight. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, but uh, from a distance, it's just the beard. I think. Um, well, that's great, man. Uh, so, uh, did anything else happen on SmackDown, Dan, that I need to be excited about? <laughs> Shoemaker is completely just <laughs> tapped out from wrestling. Um, no, I remember, I think it was like, a, it, okay, here's what my opinion of SmackDown. I enjoyed watching it last night, yeah. but I forget almost everything that happened. We got the Becky Lynch version of El Generico last night. Oh, that was great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot about that. That very, was awesome. Very, uh, very Spider Lady-esque. She yeah. was, and yeah, and her, and her uh, character work. Yeah, I'm talking to a Tony Award winner, but it was pretty amazing. Becky Lynch is good, man. When when they use her the right way, when she turns it on, she's good. I think she's great. You know, I'm doing my year-end awards for TheRinger.com, and um, if I'm if I'm out of sorts, it's because I was up till like three in the morning, not getting that done, but trying. Uh, And I I was uh, at first I was trying to do like the regular awards, like best babyface, best heel, that kind of stuff. And this is there are two. Basically, two things for me that characterize the entire year. One is feuds, like long feuds. When mm-hmm. trying to do, I'm trying to do match of the year, and I'm just like, why the hell am I trying to decide which Cena Styles match is the best or which Charlotte Sasha match is the best? Or whatever? it's just like what matters is like the 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 set. You know, it's yeah. the, it is mm-hmm. it's the it's the entire feud. Yeah. Um, Cena Owens. I mean, who? There's, there's so many of these. And was the, Cena Owens this year? I think that was. No, it was this it year. Was right? This year. It was earlier this year. Yeah. Mm. Um, and uh, and but then I was looking at babyface and heels, and the heel, the heel, the heels this year is just out of control, right? Yeah, it, it was the year of heels. I, I mean, mean, there was like a heel champion basically for the entire year, and there was no babyface. No. I mean, that was a thing. Is it like they've? I mean, I don't even know who are your babyfaces right now. Well, other this than is the new day. I was watching. Like, I was watching Roadblock with uh, with Robert Green, the my documentarian f- director friend who wrote who directed Fake It So Real. There was a screening of it the other day, and uh, and he just looked at me at the end of the show when 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 Reigns and Rollins were attacking Jericho and Owens, and he was like, "This is like jocks beating up nerds. Yeah. Like, there's nothing." And I was just like, "Yeah, I was like, I'm like deeply uncomfortable about this." There are for no some heroes reason. right now. There's no like, I mean, you know, some I guess some of the cruiserweight guys are meant to sort of be heroes, but there, yeah, I, there's just when no you go to cruisers. So, so I was or, looking. My list is. I mean, I don't even remember what I wrote down, but like as I like the, when you're trying to say like the top heels of the year, yeah. it's like number one is Becky. I mean, baby faces. Number one is Becky. Lynch, yeah. and number two is like American Alpha. Like I don't even like it's. 
I don't even know how to, if you're really like going by any pure definition. Yeah, I don't know. So anyway, all that is to say, Becky Lynch is good when she turns it on, but she's also just really good. I mean, she's like over like crazy. And there was, I think there's, you know, I think she kind of, they had to get her out of the raw women's division to make Charlotte and Sasha matter as much as they do because she was over more than them in a lot of, a lot of the time. Yeah, she's one of those rare people that I, she's almost like a Ziggler in the way that she's just always over with the crowd. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, but she continues to put in like good work too. But I think she could have like a really long run of just like stinky matches, and people still, for some reason, they just really get behind her. Yeah, I think she gets a lot of that the John Cena fan base in the audience too. And it's not that's not a knock. I mean, AJ Styles was getting a lot of that when he was a babyface. She yeah. just has something that just kind of like grabs the kind of AJ Styles is still probably the biggest baby face and not by a pure <laughs> yeah. definition but as far as pops <laughs> yeah, so yeah no I mean, that's, that's the world yeah. that we live in right now it's yeah. very it's very weird and it's I mean and I feel like Roadblock just really underscored it uh, more than uh, I mean yeah just made it just made it so blatantly clear um, so let's talk about Roadblock uh I, what was your? I, I feel like I enjoyed Roadblock, and again, I wa- I watched it like an hour late and without sound, so it was a little <laughs> bit of a different like experience than normal. But I enjoyed it more than I think most people are like online seem to enjoy it. Well, I, I I didn't love it. I didn't like it. I I, I I'm a I don't know. I think I I think my greatest fear of 2016 is coming true, which is that the brand split has really watered down the product quite a bit, and now pay per views don't feel special anymore. They feel like a Sunday night show. Like that, that's it true. Feels like a regular like oh WWE has a Sunday night show now. And I, it's I don't know. I've I've really liked the SmackDown pay per views. The two that I've TLC seen was great. Seen. TLC was good. And then I thought the first No Mercy was good. I think there's been a couple good ones. Yeah. I mean, I agree, Steve, wholeheartedly that it's it's just too much. I mean, it's hard. It's the, the just the amount of content makes it hard to yeah. really get into it. Um, I do. I'm, I'm with Dan on that. That it, 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 Raw, for whatever reason, because I do think Raw has the better roster, uh, has just. I'm I'm now switched to like enjoying SmackDown more. You 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 do with wrestling. You do more with less. Yeah, I think, and I think that SmackDown's proved that. Like they they would. Are we doing? I guess I will wait until we get the awards. But they've done so much with so little of a roster this year. It's been incredible. Opposing to Raw, if you had told you know any smart Mark or whatever. Uh, like what the Raw roster was going to be. Oh, oh yeah. you're going to have Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and Jericho and Seth Rollins. And Brock Lesnar. And yeah. Brock Lesnar. You'd be like, oh, well, of course they're going to be. Rusev, Roman Reigns. I mean, like Charlotte, Sasha well, Banks. Finn Balor. Yeah, Balor when he was around. And uh, they, they just have, uh, they haven't known what to do. Yeah. It's and, weird. It's, it's funny because, I mean, there are. We, we talk about like kind of the rules of professional wrestling, like the unwritten rules that we all that kind of govern the way that we watch. But for the most part, a lot of those rules are just WWE rules, right? But yeah. there's because um, a lot of what SmackDown's doing is like taking play plays from the like in from like the territorial days playbook, where it's just like shit. We only have six guys that showed up for TV. What are we gonna do? And right. it's like, well, <laughs> you know, put Steve Kazee in a mask and put him and make him go out there three <laughs> times. But like. Uh, for, when, when Ziggler won the number one contendership last week, 
I just felt like I felt like if that had happened on Raw, I would have known exactly what was going to happen over the next three weeks. Yeah. And the fact that it happened on SmackDown, we're like, you know, Ziggler is like the num is like the the for the top babyface in line, nominal babyface in line for that title. Like it was just, I, like I, I honestly didn't know what was going to happen. I certainly yeah. didn't guess Baron Corbin was going to be involved. But no, that's that we that you know that's that's a secondary thing. Um, I I think the biggest thing was that New Day's reign ended, mm-hmm. and uh, that's uh, I thought it was they did not pick the team to end that reign too. Uh, I, Cesaro and Sheamus, I still don't care about that team. I think it's interesting that they're doing a pure face and a pure heel, and nobody's turned to the other side. It's weird that it's gone. It's weird that they didn't. There wasn't more of a shift in their interpersonal dynamic after the uh, after the bar scene, right? right? When they decided they were drinking buddies, right? Um, I agree. I think it's just a little bit grating now. It's like they should like I, I enjoy watching them wrestle, and I enjoy I like the idea of it a whole lot. I think that. I think that it's I don't know. There's just something How do you a little lose bit handy to the about club? it. I, I, I'm still bummed out that that's who they uh, they decided to drop the titles to. But. Yeah, I've like you know our, my expectations are trained to be really low for all of the sort of like indie darlings that make it to WWE. It, the weird thing is that almost all of them is, have succeeded in the you know the past year or so. Mm-hmm. I think the club is the one that's actually living up to my expectations, which is just like they're going to milk it for every little bit of smart fan pop they can get and that's the full extent of it it's possible because i i don't i mean i know there's a path forward for them but i don't see it right now i don't know you know on monday night it felt like they were they uh, to me at least and i know this is splitting hairs i mean this or this is just my opinion but it felt like they actually found the right the, the right place between funny and serious yeah like they were doing the they were doing just enough of the like to sweet me stuff but still coming across as like kind of a legitimate physical threat. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, but did we see? Because part of my question about the whole Cesaro Sheamus thing is that it, it feels to me like maybe that's just going to be a short-lived run to get the belts off of the New Day. Because mm-hmm. the story now is like the New Day. Like, what right. do, what do they do without the belts? The story isn't what do Sheamus and 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 Cesaro do with the belts. It's like okay, now what's New Day's journey now? Because they've been the champions yeah. for so long. How do they get them? Because they're still the hottest tag team there. I mean, they still pop harder than anybody else. So you can't relegate them to some mid-card where you don't have anybody to wrestle I think you anyway. put them in the main event scene. I, I, right I now, like after Monday night? Yeah, I mean, after Sunday night, Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there's room for... I mean, there's room for... That's I, that's part of the SmackDown versus Raw thing we're talking about. Like, with the, with the roster the size that it is, the fact that they didn't just... I mean... Kevin Owens is one you know one of the top three MVPs of the year, and I'm so happy that he's there. But you know, if you have like a giant hole on the, at the top of the heel side of your roster, and you don't even you don't think for five minutes about you know Kofi Kingston or someone you know, or Big E, like yeah. it, you're crazy. Right? And if it was SmackDown, they they'd be on top of the roster right now. Yeah, that's like it's sure. like the one. I mean, one of the they've taken a lot of lessons from the Attitude Era, late, and that's the one that they seem to be just totally. Uh, or maybe maybe they're just waiting for the right moment to pull that trigger. But it's like you just because you're in a faction doesn't mean you can't stay in the faction and compete right. at the top of the card. And underdogs you can root for. You know you can't really root for anybody else in the main event scene right now. On yeah, a, on a pure wobble no. anyway. Um, and on Raw, it's funny that the tag team on the tag team side on both shows that we have kind of odd couple pairings. Um, and I mean, I guess SmackDown's last. I mean, you know, Rhino and and Heath Slater were an odd couple pairing too. Yeah. Um, 
this is kind of like the who was it that for, was it was it Bischoff wherever that, that that supposedly said that tag team wrestling was dead you know 15 years ago and everybody gave him shit for it but this is what he meant like he, he like in his head Scott Hall and Kevin Nash were the tag team of the future or whatever because they were established stars in their own rights right um, yeah I mean I keep having this weird sneaking feeling that we're gonna have one at least one title versus title match at WrestleMania and I wonder if this isn't the look to have just to get Cesaro and Sheamus and Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt all on the WrestleMania card. Like, I don't, I don't, but you know, this is not based on any knowledge. Possible. We'll see. I don't know. The tag team division in both are is in shambles. And I'm a purist. I'm like old school. I like tag teams. Yeah. I like, I like real tag teams. Like, we'll talk the revival. Later. We'll talk later about like, yeah, DIY and the revival, but the revival right. specifically, like built to be a tag team. Yeah. Like, they look like each other. Yeah. They sort of had the same vibe. They come from the same place. You know, it's the same sort of, uh, it's the same gimmick. Uh, it's not like, oh, here's an oddball and here's, you know, a big superstar. Let's put him. It's not the rock and sock connection. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which I fucking it almost love. Feels, Don't get me wrong. <laughs> no, but I, no, but it, it feels like, you know what it feels like for both? T- it almost feels like they had nothing to do for Wyatt and Orton and they have nothing to do for uh, Sheamus and Cesaro yeah. and they're backstage they're like what the hell what are you doing with those guys yeah. we'll put the tag belt on you right <laughs> oh, it almost feels like a political move yeah. rather than an actual booking decision although yeah, I, mean, I totally agree although again back to the Raw versus Smackdown divide I have the utmost confidence that the Orton Wyatt thing is like a, a very well written long term strategy I do feel like it might be a long con uh, because to have Wyatt versus Orton, yeah, something. Because otherwise, it makes no fucking sense. Yeah, it's definitely on my list of like. I feel like they should I give Wyatt a lucha that. costume at this point. <laughs> Who Wyatt? Wyatt? Give him a lucha costume. <laughs> Switch it up a little bit. He's great, but I mean, it's the same shit every week. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of Wyatt, his old uh, his old running buddy Braun Strowman. Closed out raw. Mm-hmm. How yeah. uh, I how 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 are we to take this? Can I say I'm gonna I'm gonna jump the shark a little bit. That and, and this is more of a uh, I'm I'm saying this more just to give uh, to give an example of what my worst booking decision. But my favorite booking decision this year has been Braun Strowman because at least it's been normal. Like <laughs> at least it's been like for Raw, it's like oh yeah, we'll have like a bunch of jobbers go against him and he's a monster heel and this totally makes sense. I'm not talking about the character. I do actually like Braun Strowman, but just like. And I'll okay. I'll give it some perspective. Like I think the worst booking decision this entire year was Seth Rollins coming back, having yeah. that amazing pop, and then them just squandering his fate. What could have been an amazing like white hot face run because they were like, well, let's do something different and kind of make him a tweener, um, opposing to Braun Strowman. It's like, yeah, he's a he's a big guy who beats people up. Yeah. Okay. Pure great. Evil. Pure evil. Yeah. You no, know, are, you like, bi- are you biased because you have a you've had a personal interaction with Ron? I Strowman? have. Have we talked about this on the podcast? I don't think so. <laughs> we went to Shoemaker and I went to SummerSlam together, and I stayed at. Uh, I don't live in New York anymore. New York misses me, but I, you know, I'll, I'll be back, guys. Um, I uh, I went to a, uh, I was at a hotel near the Barclays Center and I went downstairs and on the elliptical was Braun Strowman <laughs> and it kind of took a little of the intimidation out of it. There's no way to look badass on an elliptical and I kind of looked in there and I'm pretty sure he was reading Teen Vogue. I'm not sure, <laughs> but it was it was definitely it does it was really bizarre. It was like seeing like your dad in your un- his underwear or something like that. It does but not as hot. It does mess with the mystique. You would think that Braun yeah. Strowman would just go down and pick up the elliptical machine. 
machine and like just that was his workout so yeah. Yeah. Elliptical, elliptical machines <laughs> I mean it's unwieldy I think that would be a really good workout yeah um, do you think what what are what what do you think we're going, Steve? Where do you think we're going with Braun Strowman? Is, I don't know because I don't know who he, you put him with. Like it's like whenever you build these guys up as like these you know giant brutes who can like no one can beat them. Like sure, we get a David and Goliath where Sami Zayn's gonna you know chop down the big Braun Strowman. Well, that was really well done. That yeah, was well done. It's a great, super super great storyline. But that's gonna great. work for like what two matches maybe. Oh yeah. And then you've got Braun Strowman there who's gonna get beat by Sami Zayn. There's no way. I don't, I don't think you let Sami Zayn lose. Well, I don't that think match. they're even doing that. I mean. Are they? Are, are, well, they did that. Well, got to they, I mean, I think that, that can't the, be the big play the plan that, that I heard playoff, online, though. which is going to be the ultimate bathroom break at WrestleMania, is uh, Strowman versus Reigns at Mania oh. for the title for Universal title. That's what Ooh. I've heard. <laughs> so for the title, that's what I heard. That's what I heard. The Universal no, Championship. No thanks. I say, boo. or it may not be the title, but that's going to be like a big. Raw I don't match. I don't Strowman mind that. versus Reigns, but I think that's great because then you get rid of. I think it's great that Reigns is, he, is is going against Kevin Owens that stupid stipulation match for Rumble with the shark cage thing because now we know that Roman Reigns is not winning the Royal Rumble. Right. <laughs> we are sure that he's not winning the Royal Rumble, which is a big deal. Ooh. And and so we're, so, so, Owens ver, so Owens versus Jericho at WrestleMania. It's like once you yeah. just, once you just put one of the one puzzle piece in. Oh, I mean, it's a it, rabbit hole right now. It's yeah. like a K hole right now for sure. Yeah. Of just like oh god, like these are the possibilities. It's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a better mania than last year. Well, here's hoping. It's not in a better city. I'll tell you that much. Where is it, Orlando? Orlando. This is, Steve, that, Steve just comes really hard on Orlando every time it comes up. <laughs> Have you ever lived in Orlando? No, have you lived there? Yeah, I lived there. It's what did you live there for? Were you part of? Like, did you like do one of the Sea World shows? No, I, I don't know at, how you musical I people start. I worked at Disney for like a week. No, you didn't. Yeah. Seriously, yeah, is another... it true that you can't point with a finger? You've got to use the whole hand. Yeah, it's offensive. Be- one finger is offensive they... to some countries. So that you have to give a Nazi salute when you, know, you point like, out where things actually, are. I think there's like, there's like, <laughs> so I think good. two fingers is okay. <laughs> like you can say like, oh, it's over there. It's like who flight, were you? It's like flight attendant. Who were you? Gaston? No, God, no. I like worked one of the rides. Oh, you worked a but ride. I never actually. I went through Disney University. Was like four days of five days of training. Oh my God! Like, by the way, eight hours a day. That training, that's how crazy. low you can, or like your what you, how you can cut your hair, how your sideburns had to be a certain length, like right. it was ridiculous. No piercings, no tattoos, like all of this stuff. And then you learned about the history of Disney. It wasn't indoctrination. I mean, it was very. There were moments where it felt very sort of like kind going of clear, strange. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Oh, uh, but geez. no, I actually I only went through the training, and then I luckily booked an acting job, and I was like, see ya. Yeah, thank God. Yeah. Is is there still a no tattoo policy now that Moana's come out and then when, and they're like one of their stars has tattoos all over? I think they've laxed their policy a little bit just to you sort of be Samoan more inclusive. But uh, yeah, they can only be tribal. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I think tribal tattoos are your main issue in in Florida. I mean, uh, anyway, so yeah, uh, it's there. It's there in Orlando, and uh, that's. I mean, great. I'm probably gonna go, but I won't be happy about it. Um, <laughs> I'm going there just to. Uh, I can't make this joke. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to make a. I was about to make that alligator attack that kid joke, oh, yeah, and I didn't, no. guys. I Don't didn't. I just want to say it. I didn't do it. Um, so I mean, are we going to get the Hall of Fame down there? Or are they just going to do the formal announcement? 
Is uh, the, they're not gonna, is the Hall of Fame going to be ready for WrestleMania? Didn't they? They already announced that it's definitely going to be in Orlando, right? I mean, it it could be. Why couldn't it be? It might be getting done right now, Shoemaker. That's how they. That's how people in Florida work, man. They get wow. things erected overnight. Actually, I don't think they do work. That's a great point. Um, so. We'll enough of enough Florida of the events. WrestleMania rabbit hole. We'll, we'll touch. We'll we'll get more into that uh, in the new year. Mm-hmm. Before we get away too far away from Roadblock, is there anything that 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 bears any sort of discussion? Uh, obviously, Rusev and Big Cass. I like the Iron Woman match. A lot of people didn't. I thought it was good. Um, Schilling said he didn't. We were DMing back and really? forth. Really? Yeah, we DM. What, did, what, his what the hell does Schilling not like about we're this? A, where where does he get fair. off not enjoying this? Uh, I don't this. think he liked it that much. I don't know. He wasn't like totally against it. Wait, let me see. Let me just make sure I don't sell him out. Um, um, no, no, just make up stuff that he said. It's more fun <laughs> that way. I uh, actually, I really enjoyed that match, and that, that, that's. Oh no, I think he did like it. That's the. Uh, I, I talk about that. Uh, he said he liked another match better. Doesn't. What did he like better? He liked. Uh, I don't know if I want to say these are these are uh, exclusive showing DMs, but he liked uh, False Can Anywhere better, which I think that probably was a better match. Oh yeah, of course, yes, yes, yes. I mean, they're, they've had two raw. I think they're two best matches in this feud. I'm laying it out last night and rewatching or the the False Can Anywhere match, and there's the, they had a match back in October, both yeah. on Raw. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not to take anything away from the pay-per-view matches, but you know they got like eleven minutes at SummerSlam or whatever. You know, it's not yeah. like it's not like they're 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 working on epic epic novels here. I hit a wall with Sasha Charlotte at, at Roadblock. I hit a roadblock uh, with them. I don't want them to wrestle anymore. Well, just, I don't think they're going to. So that's well, good for I'm, you. I'm happy. Uh, I don't want to see Sasha Banks limping around. I, like this, the I, she's like now become the Dolph Ziggler of injuries. Yes. She's like constantly injured. And I don't believe yeah, well, she, so and she looks like she's shooting with Nia Jax now, so she's going to continue limping around. I don't, yeah, don't need for sure. For sure. Are they going to use her to put over Nia Jax? We'll see. Um, it's going to. This, this is a weird time to do sort of like a hard reset in the women in the Raw Women's Division because we're so close to WrestleMania. Like, yeah. but well, the money match is Nia Jax versus Bailey, right? Because it's the ultimate David Goliath. So well, you I don't think. Bailey. Well, the money the money match. Well, if you look at the the way that all the pay-per-views have been booked for the past year, the money match to WWE or Vince McMahon or whatever is clearly Charlotte going over. So, yeah, yeah. like do them like try to extrapolate from there. Um, She's good. I, I think. Yeah, I think we're more. I think I, I don't. I think we're more likely to see Charlotte at, like Charlotte turn babyface and take on Nia Jax than mm-hmm. than Bailey in the, in the main event. But I could be totally wrong. Mm. Um, no, not Bailey in the main event. Bailey in the main event without Charlotte. Um, mm. I really like the match. Um, uh, I really like the Iron Woman match. The, uh, sorry, the Iron Man match. And the uh, the reason why I loved it so much is because it built off of the uh, like the, the uh, listen. I, I get it. You can be tired of it, whatever. But it every time that they've wrestled, uh, it increases the sort of like the symbolic or like the the vocabulary for 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 you for the fans watching the match. So, like, in a regular wrestling match, like, if you're just watching, you know, a jobber get squashed back in 1986 or whatever, like, if, you, if you're going to have your special move reversed in the match, you have to, like, successfully do the match, or if you're going to have any move reversed, you have to, like, successfully do the move, and then, so, so that the fans watching for the first time will understand that's a move, 
so that then you, when it's reversed, everyone like intuitively knows what's going on, right? It's not just like a mistake. Yeah. But like on Sunday, they were reversing moves without any setup, right? I mean, it was like they would just like go to like there like Charlotte would do like her third most notable move, and Sasha would just like refers it out of nowhere. That's just a small example, but of how like just like I said, the vocabulary of like what they're doing is built up to the point that even though I don't think that was their best match. I just there was something like in, like really fulfilling. I mean, really, it just made me feel and and also uh, as as good. I mean, I think the Falls Count Anywhere was you, probably the best on all counts, but really, especially compared to like Hell in a Cell and some of their other matches, Sunday felt like they were comfortable in a way that I wasn't that I hadn't seen them before. Oh, yeah, sometimes it, like sometimes Sasha's bumping just looks like painful and and like all the like all the bumps are. I love the ending but. of the match where because I was always wondering on Iron Iron Woman Iron Man matches where she got the figure four in and I'm like, well, why wouldn't she just keep going? Yeah, you know that's like, yeah, why wouldn't you just keep using the move and get multiple, you know, submissions out of it? I, so that, I thought that was awesome. Here's my only pushback to what you just said. Yeah. I don't disagree with anything you said because when you dance with somebody a mm-hmm. hundred times, you start to have like a different vocabulary. Sure. My problem was with the story behind it all and the flip flopping of the belt so many times. Yeah, and the raw I, stuff was annoying. I that thought they one of the best things that happened was Charlotte turning on her dad. Like that whole segment when she mm-hmm. was like, "You're pathetic," and like, mm-hmm. "Get out of here," and she slapped the shit out of him. Like, I was like, "All right, where is this going to go?" But then, you know, for him to just like come out for Sasha, yeah, and it made no sense. It made no sense. They didn't play that. They didn't play that through. Like, there was more to be mined there. Of like, all right, well then, let him like really mentor her. Like, make it mean something. Make him like, you know, do turn on Charlotte in some way to provoke her in some way to then make me care about the fact that she's going to go out and beat the hell out of Sasha Banks again. Uh, and in one of the most brilliant moments of the year, actually, I thought was when uh, when Charlotte lost. And she was crying. I mean, crying and saying, I failed as she was like up the ramp after the match. She was like stunned. She was like, I failed. And I thought, how does this now go? Like, I'm interested in that. And then the next day they were like, like, oh, let's, uh, why don't you guys wrestle again? And then we'll give you the belt back. Right. (laughs) That belt changed hands like five times, it feels like. It was really annoying when Sasha kept like winning like on Raw and they kept like almost repeating the magical moment thing. (sighs) You know, but I'm sorry. No, I I, I totally agree. I'm, uh, uh, you know, we, let's take a quick break and we'll get right back into uh, into Sasha Charlotte because this is this is uh, my favorite thing to talk about for the entire uh, for the entire year. Um, we'll be right back after this word from our sponsor. Today's episode of the Mask Man Show is brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network. If you enjoy basketball, you need to check it out. The Ringer NBA Show, where every week. The Ringer's own Chris Vernon hosts an all-star cast of Ringer staffers, NBA players, front office personnel, and more. I wonder who that more is. To discuss all things happening in the association. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes by going to iTunes.com slash the ringer or find out wherever you get podcasts. That was awesome, Dan. Were you were you subscribing right then? Is that what that noise was? <laughs> yeah, oh, that, you, wanted to be, you wanted to hear that NBA you podcast. Just subscribe, yeah. That's the beginning of the NBA uh, podcast. Listen, I, I told, I said for the end of the year, we're going to say I was we we're gonna I was gonna do like I said, best baby face, best CEO match of the year. It's like forget it. Let's just do our personal highlight and low light or letdown of the year. Um, 
I, 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 I just had to say, I, we, we were setting it up. I mean, my highlight of the year, it was really hard, but my highlight of the year was was the Charlotte and Sasha feud. And I, I, I think that it's, um, what really sold me on it was watching that match on Sunday, realizing how much I was appreciating it more than if that had been like a mat, the exact same match had happened in January or whatever. Yeah. And also just watching, I mean, you know, I'm the biggest Sasha Banks mark in wrestling fandom, but I was just watching that match and just like couldn't stop, couldn't get over the fact that Charlotte is the best heel in professional wrestling. Like that's hands down. Like she was just like she still has a little bit of a of a you know of a high school drama affect when she's cutting her long promos and not in a terrible way, just a little bit of that. Just a little bit of like the but but she but I feel like it's necessary. I feel like every, even all like her only flaw is the mic and but the, but the way that she's but the but I but I I feel like she's doing it to work the crowd in a certain way. Yeah. And and uh and she's like becoming. I, she was. She's nothing like her dad. She's becoming her dad. I mean, she's be, like all the mm-hmm. things that made Ric Flair great. She's she's steadily just like lining them up. Yeah. Um. Anyway, all that is to say. I mean, to to touch on what we were talking about before, I like. The, I don't mind the belt going back and forth because I think that you you make the case. I mean, it's it's easy enough to make the case that, you know. These are the 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 raw women's division is uh is it's not just there it's like it's it's a seat of competition. I wrote about this in my piece this week, but it's it's about how competitive it is, right? UFC can just have Ronda Rousey, and it's not a men and women thing. Like professional real fighting is about uh, I mean, we, we like we we watch real fighting to see Mike Tyson and and uh. You know, Spider Silva and people who are just going to destroy somebody in a matter of minutes, and it's sort of like being along for the ride, knowing that eventually they're going to fail. That's cool. And squashes have their place in professional wrestling, but we know it's fake, so they have to earn it. Like we can't. Like it's got to be these. You know, the, the matches have to be um, competitive or fake competitive. And I right. feel like that what they're doing is really elevated the women's title on Raw. Now you can argue both ways, and I and I do totally take what you say, Dan, because I think it's. The booking, as far as like what's happening on certain days and rerunning certain like certain moments, and it's, I feel like they, I feel like, I don't say this is a smart mark. They, uh, we would all be better served if somebody, if a member of the creative team was explaining what they were trying to do on every night for this feud because it's been mind-boggling at times, just as far as just like trying to discern the arc. But, um, like I said, it's been the year of big feud. I mean, of, of long feuds. And uh, and you know as much as as much as some of these other ones have been really great, this is the one that's just defined 2016 for me. Anyway, that's end end of my rant. Fair enough. Um, all right, who wants to go next? Dan, you highlight will, of the you year. You are looking at me, so yes, I will go next. Uh, two. Can I do two? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yes, you can do two. Uh, well, they're, they're very different. Even though, okay, honorable mention Nakamura, um, just just you know the the violin entrance of the one pay per view, um, just the entrance or just his the whole entrance. existence, his whole existence, All right. the entrance. But I wanted you moment a highlight, right? So uh, I would say one uh, AJ Styles versus John Cena at so SummerSlam. Well, I watched it live with you, um, and then two. The final deletion, <laughs> because uh, both of those brought oh, me really incredible good. amounts of joy in different ways. 
Um, I mean, Jeff Hardy chasing after a drone on a dirt bike or whatever that was is, is one of the greatest things incredible. to ever happen in wrestling. It was pretty incredible. I uh, I guess now it's Kazee's turn. Now is it my turn? Yeah. <clears throat> my highlight of the year? Um, well, it's personal because we were there in Dallas for this, but I also think it was like one of the best uh, debuts and going aways. Uh, and, and I just thought overall, like the intensity of the match would matched the intensity of the moment. And for me, it would have been Nakamura, Sami Zayn at yeah. NXT Dallas. Um, it was being in the room was incredible, but then watching it back on TV was like somehow even better because yeah. you just see more of it, and you were you know even though you were a part of it. But those two guys, it's a shame you only got that one sort of like. You know, kick off, see you, bye, got to go. Because I, I look forward to seeing those guys wrestle again. I mean, at some point, if Nakamura can translate, uh, which I don't how does he not? I don't How does he not? But weirder things have happened. But uh, I, that's two people I look forward to seeing wrestling again. And I thought it was one of the best matches of the year, if not the best he's match of the, the year. Clo- and, I, and I know this is a weird comparison, but he's the closest thing they've had to The Undertaker in the sense that he's otherworldly. Right. And like and and I think it's in almost like this mysterious class. Doesn't of his need own. to talk all that much. No, doesn't yeah. need to you know, has almost something supernatural about how he moves and Yeah. It is yeah, he he's just he's just an incredible all around performer. It bears mention I was doing the you know, my my year end sort of research um, when we're talking about matches of the year, he had a match that he had a legit match of the year candidate against AJ Styles uh, at New Japan Wrestle Kingdom in January, like at the very beginning of the year. So like that's how that's like the distance that we've come in 2016 is that AJ Styles and Nakamura had a match of the year candidate before they both came to WWE. <laughs> yeah. He became the WWE and NXT champion, <clears throat> and that yeah, and that yeah, exactly, and and both and like any like your match of the year if if you're gonna put together a top five of WWE matches. Um, yeah, Nakamura Zayn is probably is almost certainly on your list. Yeah, I mean, I would, I, I have, I, that's definitely on mine. And then AJ Cena, if you, I mean, to whichever any of them. Yeah, exactly. DIY revival, I think, has got to be up there at Takeover uh, Toronto. Yeah, I mean that match. Was... I, I know this is really. I feel like I, it's. I, I'm being biased, but like mm-hmm. my biggest hangup for Zayn Nakamura was that like I think of it as them working a style, and it's not just like, like. I feel like the t- the best match of the year award should go to some sort of like generalist, but it's crazy because when I rewatched it, it was just a perfect wrestling match. Yeah, that's the thing about it. Like I was, I was when I was thinking about it last night, I thought, well, there was no story here. There was no sort of like you know, there was no sort of like lead up to it. There was no promo to it. It was just like, oh, he's coming. Like yeah. Nakamura is going to be here, and Sami Zayn's going to take it, and like we're all going to like watch it, and it's going to be amazing. And it was. Uh, and sometimes it's just nice to like have that. You know, it's like going to like an indie show almost. You know, you just watch two mm-hmm. guys wrestle that like you're not getting promos for every week, but they're, like they're two really good performers and they tell a good story. And I mean, his entrance was like I don't know, it's incredible. Yeah. He's gonna fucking I mean, great the, entrance. I saw. I mean, the the, the uh, you know, I could. I ended up, like I said, not doing a list. But like one of the matches that was on my on my short list for match of the year was a, P, a PWG match that that I saw live, which was like Ricochet, Will Ospreay, and uh, Matt Seidel, Evan Bourne versus the Young Bucks and Adam Cole. And uh, but like, yeah, I mean, but like when I started throwing things out, that was the first. Like that might have been the best match that I saw this year by like 
some metric, yeah. but they, but it was like the first one out when I started winnowing things down because it was very much like an indie style. Like it was just a lot of it, it was just its own. It's a certain style of match and yeah. not. Um, anyway, I mean, I, it was a it was a. I, mean, I think my match. overall highlight of the year is the like AJ Styles, like right. his yeah. entire year. <laughs> I mean, it, how quickly he came in, established himself as like the top tier. And, and I think it was, and I was thinking about this on the way to the podcast today. You know, every John Cena match over like like when like the best John Cena matches in my mind were like this series with CM Punk and then Daniel Bryan. Sure. But both of those had an element of like, hey, I'm still the underdog. And AJ Styles, it was more, like, even though CM Punk was like, I'm better than you. AJ Styles, it was more, no, I'm actually fucking better than you. And that's why I like that SummerSlam match, right? Like, I'm a better, I'm better at professional wrestling. And he made John are. Cena better. He way better. And Cena's like, incredible. He made him a better performer. Well, do we even have, yeah. like, what is the, t- I, I, we probably can't even think of all the names, but the, but he certainly has had the either the best match or the second best match in John Cena's career and Dean Ambrose's career and Roman, Roman Reigns' career. career. Is that the end of the list? Best there- match in Roman Reigns' career, probably uh, maybe second best matches. Cena, CM Punk, and Money in the Bank is still, I think, the best. It's really but. great, but I think that I, I yeah, I like see, I like Punk with, I like Cena with Punk better than I liked him with Daniel Bryan, just because I felt like they had a little uh, chemistry is not even the right word, but they just kind of mm-hmm. like meshed a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but Cena's, a, but Cena's AJ, but AJ, AJ's better than AJ has for, felt better with Cena than Punk, and part, made, but a lot of that's just Cena getting. I mean, I. I I should say that like I should have mentioned Cena when I was talking about the baby fa- the com- the baby you know the the top baby faces of the year because I think that with the existence of Roman Reigns we've all been able to embrace Cena as a baby face a little bit more he's even the boos are almost respectful yeah, yeah I mean he's now. yeah definitely and I think it took it took uh, it took something it took like Cena to the nth degree which is you know in Roman Reigns of this sort of like. You know, mandate from above, top baby face. It, it feels like appreciate. Like it feels. You know what it feels like? It feels like like when you're annoyed at your dad, but then you spend like the weekend with your friend, and you meet his other dad, and he's like a drunk and has a gun, and you're like, you know, dad's not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's okay. You know, like he, you know, he tries. Oh, wow. He tries. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I I just I thought that they they worked really well together, and uh, and Cena's been Cena's Cena definitely deserves mention. Is I mean because. As beloved as AJ and Kevin Owens are, they are, uh, they, I mean, they were working heel, you know? I mean, they were very much like, you know, they had to, they had to like beat up John Cena, to borrow yeah. the phrase, to, to really make that work. Yeah. Um, by the way, let's not forget the Survivor, I mean, the, the, the 10-man Survivor Series match, which if you really want to get a lot of people in under a technicality, um, that might have been my favorite, you know, Braun Strowman and like Shane McMahon match ever, so I don't think if you and AJ Styles can can, can can take responsibility for that too. Um. Anyway, um. So let's uh let low light of the year, biggest disappointment of the year. We got we we we'll, this is hard because my 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 top my my highlight of the year was certainly affected by Sunday. It was affected by recent events. I'm making my low light of the year like nomination, ignoring recent events, um, because I loved the Survivor Series main event as a booking tactic. But low light of the year for me is Brock Lesnar. Like his, wow. the booking on the Survivor Series I thought was really good. It it it, it affected me in a very specific, in a very like dramatic way. And I think, and I know that's what they were going for, but. 
there's when when you only wrestle like three ma- three matches and a couple of house shows and get pinged for PEDs at UFC 200. He has had a I I love Brock, but I cannot defend this year of Brock Lesnar. It's been when you when you just look at I mean it, Dean Ambrose. Okay, first he had the, the highlight of his year by far was the triple threat match against was it Reigns and Rollins? Oh, that was great. Yeah, at the at the very beginning was that also Roadblock? No, that was that was no that was there was Roadblock that was that was that had, was the Royal Rumble. No, it was Rumble. <laughs> it's so stupid. There was two between Rumble and yeah. Roadblock. It was like some other. It was Fastlane. Fastlane. It was Fastlane. Fast and then they had Roadblock after that. It was so stupid. Yeah. Even though they had an amazing Triple H Ambrose match at that one. So yeah, so this is that was that was this week in trying to remember WWE pay per view names. <laughs> um, oh, sorry, it was Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose, and Brock Lesnar. Yeah, uh, the that was by far Lesnar's biggest moment of the year. Unless if somebody saw a house show match against Randy Orton that you want to make an argument for, then please please let me know. Right. Um, but yeah, but I mean, and since then it's been just like a straight drop off. His his match against Ambrose at WrestleMania was just horseshit, and you know, coupled with the fact that it was horseshit because he was already checked out and planning on going to UFC and didn't want to get hurt, which is I think the sort of conventional wisdom at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, the Randy Orton the Randy Orton SummerSlam thing was. Like it got us all talking, but he also just like can cuss the fuck out of Randy Orton for no particular reason. Um, it was just like it was just a series. Like any any one moment could be defensible in a better year, yeah. you know. But there, he just didn't do enough, and it was just sort of like I don't know. I mean, it was like if you're, you know, give like like I'm sure there's some great comedy parallel. It's like you can tell like really just total off color jokes in the in the midst of like an hour long set but if you right. but if all you do is just walk on if you if you're the MC and you just walk on stage between every act and just like just tell just make like you know Jew jokes or something then like you're a terrible well, that's my comic act, yeah exactly yeah. Uh, have you seen <laughs> yeah I know uh, anyway so I'm that's it the right he, he's my he's my uh, he's my <laughs> the, Brock Lesnar I love him uh, but definitely my my low light of the year yeah, I mean, I, I love I love Brock. I I agree with you. I do think it's kind of fun that like you know like to to borrow all these like re- Republican senators and Democratic and everybody who's anti-Trump, but like but like uh, Lesnar is not our friend. Yeah. <laughs> like Russia is our. I mean, like he's just like not a guy who gives a shit about what I. I love Brock Lesnar. He's one of my favorites of all time. But he's not a guy who cares what you think, and uh, and he's gonna do whatever the fuck he wants. He's in it for the money. He's just a really good talent that's in it for the yeah. money, you know. So, so you you know, I, I think that in every one of his matches, you got to realize like he's not gonna, unless it's somebody he personally respects, like Taker or maybe yeah. Cena or Punk, like he's not gonna, he's just not gonna work that hard. Yeah, I don't get the sense that he fires up the network and is like, let me go back and watch a, a match right. from like '96 well, and like sort of like you know, let me get into the. I don't think he gives a shit about the history of no. it, which if, is fine. I mean, if I you want to you know. see Lesnar really happy. <laughs> Go on YouTube, and there's a video of him hunting in his backyard. Right, that's what he wants to do. Yeah, right? it's what he wants to do. And I've never seen it's like a he different wants to be side a dad. of Brock Lesnar. He wants to be hunting. He wants to be on his ranch. He wants to make enough money to do that. So I say, you know, you're a freak of nature. Like, make it is, your money. It, the, the one really interesting thing about him, and I think this year, this down year, put it into focus, is that he's somehow, I mean, it's not news, but he's somehow both the most like legitimate. But performer on the roster, obviously, former UFC champion, like the things he can do is just incredible. Um, 
but it's not and and he certainly brought this air of legitimacy when he came back to WWE but it's also he's like this he's like the most he gets us going on these like weird meta work shooty sort of ways in a way that nobody else can and maybe the, those two things are you know interconnected yeah. but there's nobody else that can like bust a guy open and have the entire topic of conversation on the internet be like was that a shoot right you know and and on the flip side, uh, Robert Green, I talked about him before, mentioned this to me at the at the pay per view this week. Is that when he got when he beat got beat by Goldberg, and then the word kind of trickled out that that was Lesnar's idea. You know, they just like to we're going to make more money at WrestleMania for the rematch or whatever it was. Just the fact that we all know that he that he's thinking that way, and that's and it's so interesting. Like that that becomes the storyline, sort yeah. of at least for fans like us, you know. Yeah. And uh, and that part of it is deeply interesting to me as like a writer and as a thinker and as a fan. But this has been a terrible year for him. Anyway, I'd um, say low light of the year for me was all of WrestleMania 32. Besides, ooh, this is this besides is a fire, fiery maybe, hot take. <laughs> maybe Zack Ryder in the beginning. Although my my friend Mike Lawrence, a very funny comedian, he pointed out that that beat had already happened two years earlier. Yes, when Zack Ryder's under, and even the dad thing had happened. Yeah. So they took an old beat that worked, and they kind of made it work again. But like, if you go through it. The burial of the New Day uh, by uh, a bunch of legends who got real fat. You know, like Stone Cold, you know, like I love Stone Cold, but him, like fat Stone Cold beating up your hottest three black performers uh, when they're all faces after they lose is like real racist booking and also doesn't (laughs) at all help uh, the future of the business. Uh, The Dean Ambrose-Lesnar match, total shit. The Reigns-Triple H match, nobody gave a shit. The Hell in the Cell match, it was like these weird punches by Shane McMahon, an amazing spot at the end, but then nothing mattered because then the next night he was running Raw anyway. Yeah. Rock having a flamethrower that was like a Brahma bull or some <laughs> stupid bullshit. Uh, and then they beat, and then they like, he basically like, you know, called like the Wyatts fat. So like, you know, again, kind of, once you call somebody fat, it kind of takes <laughs> away, unless it's like Kevin Owens or something, kind of takes away their whole mystique. And maybe I'm talking about my own childhood here. Um, <laughs> But yeah, oh, and then they uh, made they had AJ Styles Jericho go over AJ Styles, which just didn't make any sense. Yeah. It wasn't even a burial. It was just like, wait, what? Why are they doing what? This doesn't even make any sense. So, and it was like five and a half hours. Saddest thing, probably. I mean, the latter match was pretty good, um, but the second best match was Ryback versus Kalisto in the pre-show. God. That's how awful that pay-per-view was, and it was five and a half hours. You remember Ryback? It was like five nice. hours. Yeah, wow. well, that's his legal name now. We have to refer to him by his legal name. So yeah. I would say WrestleMania 32, which wasn't even the worst WrestleMania in the last 10 years. 27 was it still was, worse. It was tough. It was bad. The I feel like the flamethrower is just the totem for the whole night because it was like totally unnecessary. It literally came out and lit a rock sign on fire. Yeah, and he, it seemed like it seemed like he like he 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 walks more slowly to the ring than like the great Kali at the end of his career. Like he, and it was a medical problem with the great Kali. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. A, it, and he it was just this like how much amazing. time can we spend with the whole a flame event thrower? looked amazing. It was huge. It was well, impressive. Well, look, it was in Texas, so it needed yeah. to be huge and just sort of like gaudy and, you know, wild. And, and you know, as, as awful as it was, like I lost my shit when Stone Cold came out. 
because there's sure. still that nostalgia part inside of me. But well, I hope retros- you do in 10 years when he does the same thing to a new talent, but on a dialysis machine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I will, actually. As soon as that fucking <laughs> no, glass breaks, I'll jump up out of my seat. As long as he just gives me one stunner. I just need one stunner. Uh, no, it's like all nostalgia. But in retrospect, I totally agree with you. It was a it really like worthless sh- show. And yeah. nothing, nothing came from it. Look where we are, you know, almost a year later. Nothing has mattered from that show. Nothing mattered from that show. Nothing. Um, the triple threat women's match is really good. I just since since it was I, since decent, I was going, but there were so many other good matches that came after that. No, it's, it's it's true. You're right. That was the best match of the night. That was the I best apologize. match. The whole thing. The uh, <laughs> I mean, in Roman Reigns uh, triple here. I, I'm sure I said this at the time. There's I, I argue a lot that like. That paper, like we need to know when pay per views are going to end, and he, like the and what's I mean, it's also what makes Raw interesting because it's going to mm-hmm. run over. But right. um, you know, like there's certain constrictions that we're used to that we need to know because it helps us understand what's going on in front of us. Like it matters if a match is running overtime, you know, like in in very like simple but but interesting ways. WrestleMania 32. I feel like I just desperately needed to know when it was going to end because I needed to pee for the last two hours of the show, and I was just sitting on the floor, like not knowing if it was time to if I had time to get out and come back. Even yeah, it was just nuts how long it was. It yeah. was like I thought they were almost certainly canceling matches with like an hour and a half to go. It's like oh, they're definitely not going to have you know they're gonna they're gonna get rid of the the battle royal or whatever. But and instead they just threw in like five more segments too. Oh it yeah, was you nuts. left out the part where Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, I have mixed feelings came about down that. And wrestled in Battle Royal. Wait, <laughs> that was a doubt. Oh, did that happen? <laughs> it did, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's just setting up the big the... show Shaq match uh, for WrestleMania uh, this year. Is that even going to happen? I've, I've heard people say with with utmost confidence that he's wrestling at WrestleMania this year. Also, that Ronda Rousey is going to be at WrestleMania this year, which I think there's no way anyone knows if that's true or not. I'm not talking about inside sources, I'm just talking about fans that, like reading yeah. things. And, and She'll be there it. if she loses. Yeah, I agree. On with December thirtieth, um, low lights tie for me. Uh, the first one would be uh, real injuries. Uh, I think some of the best people uh, got hurt badly this year. Uh, Finn Balor was really set to sort of like, I think, start an amazing run and uh, would have really sort of changed the landscape from what we see today uh, and he got hurt and he's been out for a long time but soon to be back Randy Orton had a pretty severe injury this year was out for like nine months came back got concussed was out for like another month uh, it just seems like there were a lot of like real injuries that sort of decimated the roster this year and to me that's always a low light because I yeah. think you keep some really talented performers from like from shining in a way that I think would change the industry or, or, or move the industry in a more interesting direction. So that's my first one. Uh, my second one is championship belts. Now, hear me out. Name me one title right now, any title in either brand that fucking matters. None of them matter. There's not one title that you feel right now that like, oh, man, somebody needs to win that title. New Day had the tag titles too long. Uh, the Universal Championship is like maybe the worst championship ever. Uh, y- y- people are jokey. There's jokey champions. Like there's nobody who's really holding a belt. And that when someone comes in the ring and says, I want that belt, that you feel like they want it. The last time I felt like somebody wanted it was Seth Rollins. Like it felt to me like that belt mattered to him in some way. Like that, that being a champion. Fucking Roman Reigns has not even 
I don't think he's defended the U.S. championship at this point. Yeah. The Intercontinental Championship. Like, but I have, AJ with WWE Championship, you don't think that I don't, I think it was like it was important that he won it at, for, for all of us because he's uh-huh. been doing this so long. But it didn't. The, champion, the belt doesn't matter. It doesn't have a I, mystique anymore. It doesn't have like a... And I don't know if there's just too many of them. I don't know if there's just... It's like, mm-hmm. you know, boxing where you have like... 400 divisional champions, you know, and it's like right. a guy can hold the IBO, WBA, like for all these belts. It's just there's, and I, and I know I sound like a little bit of like a, you know, an old school purist, whatever, <laughs> but I just don't know that there's a title out there that matters yeah, right now. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that it's not the number of belts because, you know, back when, I, you know, I was, we were growing up. You know the uh, Crockett territory, the NWA had just like every every top level person had like a you know North American South Championship or something yeah. like that just to to bring them up. But yeah, you know, I mean, normally I, I would I would probably bristle against that, but I but I totally agree. You're right. It's it's Rollins coming back and wanting the title that he never lost. Right. Right. Uh, I can kind of get behind John Cena whenever he goes after it because he's chasing history. But again, these aren't these are. Uh, like th- th- this isn't about wanting a title because it's meaningful at, at that moment. You know, it's right. meaningful to a, them at a point in the past, really. Right. Um, and I, I think that that's. I think that you're you're exactly right. I mean, what's great about uh, maybe it's just I'm, I'm in a year in nostalgia th- moment, but you know, LeBron James won the title. I mean, won, won the NBA championship at, with Cleveland and just balled his face out on the court, like. The most, the most PR-driven, like you know, controlled dude in professional sports history, was. I mean, maybe it's maybe that's maybe he's crying like a baby on purpose, but was crying yeah. like he looked like an idiot because he no, was he so happy. No, he sold vials of his tears afterwards. <laughs> uh, but all, all of that is to say that like the championship is what a championship in any sport is what people work so long and so hard for, and what you can do in pro wrestling is. Get that championship on any given night. Like you, if you yeah. if you get a chance, if you get a chance, it should be that meaningful. You know, yeah. to actually have your name in the record book. And you're right; it's it's not at all. Well, it just it, it's it, look, not to be overly sentimental, but to be a champion means something. Uh, in a world of participation medals, it means something to have worked so hard that you have on a nightly basis for three hundred and some days a year gone out and given an audience a performance that has built a momentum that has pushed you to the forefront of your industry. Not always. Roman Reigns is clearly like the exception to the rule. They pushed him. But in a lot of cases, these guys who and girls who work hard and, and sort of put in the work every day, they climb that mountain. And then when they get there and they get the belt, it should mean something because then it makes it more interesting to the person behind them who's making that climb. Right now, it's just a bunch of people fighting each other. And one of them has a red belt and then one of them has a blue belt. And like maybe that person doesn't have one this week, but they'll get one next week. And it'll either be that white one or it'll be the one that's over here. Or, you know what? We got new tag team champions. So let's just make new red belts now. So like it's just I just don't know what the importance is like when they hang that fucking thing above the ring and people are climbing a ladder to get it there were times you know years ago watching those matches where I was so invested on a guy pulling a fucking belt off off a chain yeah you know because it meant something it's the the sort of just like the like 
I don't even say good booking, but like character driven booking has sort of gotten us to this point where every title feud is about the interpersonal relationship. Yeah. It's not about the belt. And I think that is it. It could be about point. both, is my argument. It's in the same way that Rollins like loved that money in the bank case. <laughs> like, yeah. he fucking yeah. carried that thing everywhere. It meant something. Mm-hmm. And what happened? They sold four billion of those money in the bank cases. Yeah. So, anyway, um, rant over. No, it's true. Yeah. Did you, did, did, this is the same rant that you gave when they started giving away honorary Tonys a couple years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Earn that thing. Um, anyway. Uh, no, I think that's really good. I think that we're, I think that it's a, it's a, the brand split, we didn't, no one actually, I, I expected the brand split to be on somebody's best or worst list. We talked about it a little bit earlier yeah. when it's like diluted everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a necessary evil, which is why I didn't put it on mine because it just had to happen. Yeah. You can't. I mean, I think the argument against, I mean, the argument in favor of the, of, you know, I mean, or against your injuries, <clears throat> excuse me. And I obviously no one wants to see anybody get hurt. But as far as injury being a low light, is that you know Kevin Owens? We wouldn't have gotten Kevin Owens champion if Finn Balor, or probably if, if Finn Balor had stayed healthy. You know, there's all right. it always makes an opportunity for someone else. I agree, mm-hmm. but um, it does seem like there are a lot of injuries, a lot of with the dissolution of. I mean, the you know the, the the talent's thin after the brand split, and I think that if you want to make just sort of a general you know meta. Argument they they ha- they've been given they've gave themselves an opportunity to really elevate talent and they didn't do a lot of it yeah um, Kevin Owens obviously is the exception um, but yeah I mean it's just like like I said it's like the like the the roadblock on Sunday ended should I mean could have well ended with with Owens and Jericho having tricked their way to another championship leaving as these two sneaky heels right, right. the victor- the heels victorious right instead they rolled in Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins who I love Seth Rollins but man he's just being all of Roman Reigns shittiness is now rubbed off on Seth Rollins they beat him up for no reason and really like took their spots as the top heels in the company so maybe that's interesting I don't I, I don't think that's what they were trying I thought to they do were, yeah but that's that's what it just came across as yeah it just felt like really excessive um Okay, we got we got to get out of here. But the whole the whole point of that is to say that it's it, it's uh it does it sometimes feels like we like we're Owens and Jericho are are us the wrestling nerd fans and they're just getting they're just beating us to shit. I think we'd be uh, we would also be doing a disservice to Chris Jericho to not at least mention the year that he's had because oh it, I mean, he's it, a we could go on a whole other podcast. But just right. shout out to Chris Jericho for reinventing himself. Listen to Dan St. Germain's Jericho Pod if it's on iTunes the iTunes Store right now. Is it? No. Yeah, just went out. No. Uh, no. Yeah, I, uh, we got. We got to get out wait, of here. Wait, wait, just a clo- quick one, Miz. Uh, the the Miz this year, Daniel Bryan, Dolph Ziggler, great feud, brilliant. Yeah, Dan, do, do you have some plugs? Yes, I do. Uh, a week from today, I will be in the great city of New York uh, at 10 p.m. at the Stand. Tickets are still available. I'll be doing an hour, um, and uh, check out Superior Donuts in February. And I'll be coming out with a new podcast uh, soon called American Monsters, and uh, we got to figure where that's going. But all right, thanks. That's it. Those are good plugs. Pretty good. Steve, got anything? Uh, yeah, I'll be in Portland this weekend at Hee Hee's Comedy Laugh Factory. Uh, <laughs> it's a geisha comedy Yeah, I'll be doing eight shows there in two hours, so come on out and check that out. And also in Prescott, uh, I'm not sure what state that's in, but it's in one of them. Uh, I'll be doing a set there at Slappy's Laugh Shack, so come on out. <laughs> I thought there was a real thing coming, but you kept the bit going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh man, I have nothing to plug. Just pro- <laughs> probably probably a column that I'm that I'm writing is going to end up on the Ringer this week, the ringer.com. Uh but you know, it's uh we'll we'll see how that goes. And um anyway, I I feel like I ended that. I ended the last segment on a really bad note. Um <laughs> happy 2000 Wait, is there a podcast? No, this is it. This is the last one for the year. So happy hey, 2000. Highlight of 2016. Getting to do podcasts with Dan St. Germain and David Oh, Schumer. thank I'm you. I'm so glad I brought Mine you guys was together Trump winning. finally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, have a Merry uh, Christmas, a Happy New Year, uh, Happy Hanukkah, all that kind of stuff. Uh, enjoy the raw tribute to the troops. Show. Wait, that hasn't happened yet, has it? Yeah, it already happened. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Wow, I did not pay tribute to the troops. I feel terrible about yeah, that. You really uh, you'll be all right. Enjoy the end of the year. Have a good one. Uh, we'll see you in the new year. Never forget the uh, NWA Smoky Mountain Television Championship. Humanoids.